Well, hello, I'm Doug Apple, back with another special interview for you today. Have you been feeling lonely? Well, there is an epidemic of loneliness. That's according to a new report from the U.S. Surgeon General. We're going to be talking about that in our discussion today, this epidemic of loneliness and isolation. And we're going to be talking with Mike Sharman. He is with Share Healthcare, and uh, you've been hearing the ads for Share Healthcare. So we're talking with Mike Sharman of Share Healthcare, and we have this uh, new Surgeon General Advisory talking about the epidemic of loneliness and isolation. Mike, I'm going to pass this off to you, but first let me just give a couple of highlights here. It calls it a public health crisis, and they have developed a national strategy to advance social connection. And a couple of things they say here in their report, there are significant health consequences of loneliness and isolation and uh, includes risk factors for heart disease, dementia, depression, as well as for premature death. In fact, they said if you lack connection with other people in your life, it can increase the risk for premature death to levels comparable to smoking every day. And then one last quote, the Surgeon General said, quote, we must prioritize building social connection the same way we have prioritized other critical public health issues such as tobacco use, obesity, substance use disorders. Together, we can build a country that's healthier, more resilient, less lonely and more connected. So, Mike Sharman, what do you think of all of this? Well, you know, we don't have to go very far into the Bible before God had said at uh, Genesis 2.18, it is not good that man be alone. Mm. So, you know, why are we surprised um, that loneliness has literal, physical, medical consequences? It is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, God said that right there, second chapter. It's good. And interestingly, this the Surgeon General that we're talking about is the Surgeon General that was appointed by uh, President Obama, not reappointed by President Trump, but then reappointed uh, by President Biden. So this is a notably liberal Democrat Surgeon General, but he says in his report, he, he points out um, very strongly he says the the National Opinion Research Council Center's General Social Survey demonstrates that since 1970s, religious preference and participation among U.S. adults has declined. In 2020, only 47 percent of Americans said they belonged to a church, down from 70 percent in 1999, and he points out represents a dip below 50 percent for the first time in the history of the survey question. Hmm. And then he says religious or faith-based groups can be a source for regular social contact, contact, service, community support, etc. As a consequence of this decline, he says, individuals' health may be undermined in different ways. So here we have the the liberal Democrat Surgeon General saying, hey, go to church, y'all. It sounds good for you. (laughs) Um, But we we know that because we have Hebrews 10.25 that we are to be not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together exactly. and all the more as we see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's significant things that are going on by loneliness. It's uh, pretty striking the, the dangers that we have. You, you alluded to just a, a few of them, but it's, um, it is deadly. And, 
we have more and more loneliness, isolation that's going to be occurring in our culture. So we want to be, as the body of Christ, more inviting. You know, your, your pastor and my pastor and most of the folks out there will probably be telling folks, now remember, when you see somebody new coming into church, greet them and let them feel comfortable and, and um, that they are welcome here. Well, just think of that for yourself. When that happened with you, when you first went to a church, it gave you a good feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tension you had went down. You you had a sense of maybe not yet belonging, but you had a sense of welcoming, and that was good. You know, the um, Surgeon General's report points out that there's a 29% increase in the risk of heart disease, 32% increase in the risk of stroke. So one-third increase in these two massively destructive things that are going on in our body, one-third, you know, 29% for heart disease, 32% increase in stroke by being lonely. Mm. Loneliness, within that, within the cardiovascular, uh, you know, heart attack, uh, risk of stroke category, loneliness had a 68% increased risk of hospitalization a 57% higher risk of emergency department visits, and then a 55% greater risk of hospital readmission just by being lonely, just because the person is socially isolated. What's one of the major things that pastors and deacons and elders of a church are supposed to do? Go visit the stick. Go visit the shut-in. So is there any um, uh, secret then or any mystery as to why church people do have better health outcomes than non-church people. And we, we want to be very intentional about that, not be these folks that are sitting at home watching the um, TV evangelist, <laughs> but actually getting out there and fellowshipping and then being intentional when we are in church of reaching out to those who aren't able to come to church that day, that week, that year, or that stage of their life. Right. This is... Uh, we're, we're seeing that the Surgeon General called it an epidemic. I mean, they had a massive study about this, 82-page report. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And yet within this, I mean, he mentions that thing about church is important. But all through this are, are showing why Christians, why church people have a better outcome, why actually believing and living out God's word is good for us, not just in the hereafter, but in the here and now. So, Doug, when we were when we were off air, you were mentioning that you had never felt lonely. And do you remember what was the first reason you said you you thought you had never felt lonely? Well, right out of the gate, growing up, I was uh, part of a big family. Yeah, and big families uh, don't really exist that much anymore. Uh, homeschoolers, home, home educators, homesteader families have big families. Uh, you know. Church people have larger families than non-church, but that's pretty rare. You know, you have a one-kid, two-kid families now. So now project that out into the future. How many more lonely people are we going to have that grew up lonely? And then as they are in their adult years, they don't have that vast network of family that having, you know, three, four, five, six siblings, and then all the spouses and all the nieces and nephews. That's not going to occur anymore. Or it'll be less. Yeah. And uh, that much more of a reason to reach out also to single moms who feel very isolated. Mm. And then the singles in your 
in, in our churches, reaching out to them because, you know, the, we always have the dinners for eight sort of events, not dinners for seven. They feel very isolated, and we need to be reaching out and helping. But we also need to observe, you know, we, we've mentioned on, on these interviews many, many times the, the price structure of share health care, 149 for a single, 249 for a couple, uh, 349 for a family of four, and $50 for every child after that. Okay, so that is literally 81% less than the national average for insurance. Well, we've just been talking about and reading huge reasons why. Our church people aren't lonely. They don't have that 68% increased risk of hospitalization during the stroke and the heart attack, et cetera. Mm. Uh, you mentioned in the, the intro that um, uh, loneliness is worse than daily smoking, and, and they, they quantify that in the study, smoking yeah. 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is worse than smoking <laughs> 15 cigarettes a day. They also say it's worse than having six alcoholic drinks a day. So that measurement is an ounce of alcohol. So what they're saying is it's worse than doing six shots of whiskey a day, every day, for all of your life. Oh we And we are blessed. God has said in the, you know, I don't know, page 13 or so in the, in the Bible, whatever that would be, that chapter 2, um, it is not good for man to be alone. All right, well, let's take heed. Mm-hmm. Then in the New Testament, he's saying, you know, Make sure that you don't forsake the assembling together. All right. Well, let's pay attention to that. Let's do that. But also, let's look to our neighbor. As you mentioned, Doug, you know, that we have the admonition to love your neighbor. So in Scripture, we have the one another verses. There's, you know, 20 so of those, about 25, 26, one another verses that tells us how we are to act toward one another in the body of Christ. You know, sharing with one another, um, exhorting one another, encouraging one another, etc. All right, but then it also tells us about our neighbor. Neighbor is typically the non-believer in Scripture. But it also, in, in certain contexts, can be everyone, believer and non-believer. The one another verses are about believers. Neighbor can either be meaning non-believers or the total community of unbelievers and believers. So we're supposed to love our neighbor, whether we have a high fence line with them or we don't. And we're supposed to be paying attention to whose newspapers don't get brought in every, you know, for the next two days or last two days. We want to be paying attention to that. Um, I don't know if the post office still does that, but they'd had a program where the local carrier was supposed to notify um, send up an alert when mail hadn't been picked up recently, particularly in elderly homes. Hmm. Well, we want to not have to wait for the postman to do that for our neighbor. We need to do that for our neighbor. Mm-hmm. Well, over and over and over and over, I have seen it where when we do things God's way, it just works out better and then all the ways that we do things not God's way, it just always has more negative results. I think of this loneliness alert from the Surgeon General, and I read an article in the paper the other day, and kind of buried in the article, they just threw in this little statement about 
the rise in STD rates. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there and pondered that. And I thought, first of all, I thought that kind of seems like it ought to be headline news because a lot of people think there are no consequences for the quote unquote free love and and the way we sort of operate in in pop American culture today. And yet there they are. Those are the government stats. And it's also sort of this false intimacy. I mean, it's a physical intimacy, but it's false, which can just lead to more and more loneliness. Right. And bang, you're back up into these uh, this loneliness and isolation situations. Right. When you reach out for connectedness and you don't have anything fulfilling, then you really, it gets worse. And this study also points out the increase in suicide for those in isolation, which we would think about. Yeah. But here's an interesting uh, fact also within the study. It says frequently confiding in others, but you have to be around others to confide in them. Frequently confiding in others is associated with up to 15% reduced odds of developing depression among people who are already at higher risk due to their history of traumatic or otherwise adverse life experiences. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had a bad thing happen. If you hold it or you did a bad thing to others or in life, you know, the the sleeping around getting STDs, you know, one person saying to another, you know, I I thought it, I was really lonely, went into bar, picked somebody up, slept with each other and uh, and woke up the next morning just feeling emptier and I started. So those people who are in that high risk, they have 15% reduced odds of developing depression by talking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what does scripture tell us? Confess your trespasses <laughs> yes, to one another that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the person who has taken the log out of their eye is able to see the dust mote in the eye of that person who had slept around once or twice and said, and they can tell him, oh, you know, I understand thoroughly. I was very promiscuous when I was younger or before I got married or whatever. And it just, it had all sorts of consequences. But I was able to confess that to the Lord, receive his salvation, receive his sanctification. But you know, even now when I have thoughts of it pop back up and I just, you know, feel bad about it, I lift it up to the Lord again and thank him again that he has saved me from that. Okay, that that person who had the log in their eye of that highly promiscuous lifestyle is able to share that and the healing of that with the other person who had, you know, transgressed, had done wrong, but it hadn't yet become a habit and a character trait. And they're able to help them and help them heal and point them to the great physician. I mean, again, that's why Christians and those members of, you know, Share Healthcare, if your folks don't know, is a Christian organization made up of Christians to be living out our biblical values in the way of helping and share medical costs. But that's why we have this ridiculously lower expense of medical expenses than do our neighbors. It was that average cost for a family's monthly premium uh, of insurance is $1,871 or $1, per month. That same family is $349 for a share of health care. Why? We don't have all these problems. 
we are recognizing it's not good for man to be alone. We are recognizing that we, we need to be in church. We need to be around one another. We recognize that it is important to confess our sins one to another um, so that we can be healed. We recognize those things. We're doing them. It just comes naturally as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And sure, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Sure, there's all sorts of times we could point to ourselves or other Christians as mm, not living up to it. But overall, we do better. Overall, God has blessed us. As that, you know, just in that log in the eye and dust bone in the eye thing. God blesses us. Well, one, he has come for us while we are yet sinners. Mm-hmm. And then he has the sanctification process for us. I mean, it's an awfully good thing to be a Christian. Yeah, so many benefits. And uh, also these benefits of being a member of Share Healthcare. You know, there's that old song that says, you got a friend in me. <laughs> so very, very good, Doug. They, uh, at Share Healthcare, one of the unique things that you guys offer, and we'll wrap it up with this little point, and that is, and I'll let you talk about it, but when you become a member of Share Healthcare, you kind of do get a person who becomes your friend at Share Healthcare. Talk about that. Right. We have a specific job uh, title and function called member advocate. And that's what they do. They advocate for you, the members, with healthcare providers uh, within our system itself. But they advocate uh, for the members with God the Father. You know, they are there as your prayer partner, whether it's you're concerned about uh, going in for the next test or treatment. Uh, you can call up ahead of time and say, I've got this coming up. I'm a little worried about it. I'd like you to pray for me. And they will. Uh, or you just say, you know, it's my child's first day of school coming up. I'm really concerned about it, and I'd like prayer. And they will. Um, that's their job. And we hire people for that position primarily based on their uh, history as, as a prayer, prayer warrior. You know, looking back on them as their, uh, in their experience, have they shown that they're a prayer warrior? Uh, and that gets them the job as a member advocate. So literally, Doug, just like you said, when a person joins Share Healthcare, they have a friend. But then they also have this community of folks that are sharing medical costs with them, um, who, when they don't have a need, they are sharing into others. When they have a need, the others are sharing into them. Um, that gives us a, a great comfort and also great testimony to the watching world. Well, if you're listening today and would like more information about Share Healthcare, you can find it on their website, sharehealthcare.com, or you can call the phone number toll free and just talk to somebody about it. 1 844 Share HC is the phone number for Share Healthcare. 1 844 Share HC. And Mike Sharman, thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you, Doug. And for Wave 94, I'm Doug Apple. 